This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Highway on my podcast with Rocky Mayur and Abhinandan. We're back. We're hungry. And we are here with the two biggest men in Indian food and travel, Rocky and Mayur. I'm Abhinandan Sekri in case you're wondering why Prashant isn't here because Prashant didn't come for the Northeast schedule which was a very long schedule and he hated to stay away from his family all that time. And Rocky is... No, while we're on the subject of the biggest men in Indian food, I claim that title for myself. And even though I'm big enough to be two men at 126 kilos, which was just weighed this morning fresh, I am the biggest name in Indian food. Well, not the biggest name actually. That would be a longer one. My name is quite short, but I'm the biggest guy in Indian food. If you know anybody else who's more than 126 kilos in Indian food, please speak up now or forever hold your peace. Or pieces. <laughs> well, we shall get that down to 100 before we head out to the road again. I promise you that once this lockdown is over. And like I was saying, Rocky and Mayur's family were more than happy to have them gone for 27 days schedule the first one, which is a long one. And Prashant wasn't there for it. So we are taking you to Nagaland because when you can't get to the highway, we will bring the highway to you through Highway My Podcast, where we take you around the country and we will also take you overseas one state at a time. So Mayur, Nagaland was, I'm guessing, a struggle or I'm just being a... I'm playing up to uh, stereotypes, but I do recall it was a struggle for the vegetarian. Yes, it is. I mean, Nagaland is very heavily forested. They have hills, so they have a lot of produce. Uh, However, they also have this uh, habit of trying to make all their food really pungent and strong the way they like it. So they'll always find something to put in there, even in the vegetarian dish. Uh, And it's primarily akhuni, which they use, which is the fermented soybean paste. They're very happy to ladle that into everything. And they have another thing called anishi, which is the fermented yam. So all this fermentation, even if you've got like nice fresh vegetables, once you put all that in the soup, if you're not used to strong aromas and flavors, it is a challenge. And I remember it was always a challenge. Before we get to Rocky, who tells us the varieties of meat and we won't give it away all at once, Rocky. The drive to Nagaland was beautiful. That is all I remember. The food, Rocky, please tell us. <laughs> the reason why people in Nagaland prefer to have very pungent food, taking up from where Mayur left off, and I'm guessing this is the reason, is because the great warrior hill tribes of Nagaland were always at war with each other or anybody else they could find. And uh, the warriors lived off the land. So they would go, come off the tribal sort of strongholds high up in the mountains, come down to the plains, to the low-lying areas to hunt and take the food back for the tribes. And typically, this would mean cutting meat, killing animals, cutting meat, stuffing it into bamboo, covering it with clay, and then keeping it for days on end, and then carrying it all back in one go after a week or 10-day hunting trip. Which meant that the taste of fermented food or the taste of matured food or really gamey food sort of picked, you know, became really popular with everybody. And that's what the taste that they look for in everything. So they need that really strong taste from their food, which is... The reason why I'm guessing is why they have such pungent food that almost nobody else in the country can handle except the Nagas. So we'll come back to the food. We went to this market where you could buy everything from hamster to rabbit to worms to uh, bee larvae. Those will be all part of the newsletter. We have photographs of that. In fact, the variety of photographs we have of foods from Long Island, we should you know, talk about. There and were no hamsters. There are no hamsters. hamsters. No. What were those? 
What those rabbits? Those little round furry things? <laughs> Hamburgers. No, I was animals. What was that? I must. It's some kind of large rodent that they find in the forest. It wasn't hamsters. I thought hamsters. They were hamsters. It's a hamburger. Here, for hamburger, it's called. But in many other parts of the country, meats that are illegal are not illegal in Nagaland. Uh, although there's no written rule because culturally, um, you know, it's it's been a part of their practice. In fact. Uh, we also had dog meat i don't remember if rocky you tried it but i remember the struggle and tried to convince you that for the camera you should try it but i will just say this on the cultural aspect of nagaland it is true for much of the northeast i was amazed at the western influence in nagaland and even parts of meghalaya and others is way more than any indian influence i mean the music scene there like you walk into the smallest of cafe in nagaland which seats like 10 people the guys there the waiters there will know you know def flap they'll know the eagles they'll know the history of certain music and i'm like i think this is a sign that india kind of really cut off much of the northeast because the influences there of overseas countries are way more than any india influence or the rest of india influence like i'm half tamil i have tamilian relatives who play bloody dalair mehndi at their weddings and of course the older generation hits their head that punjab has even reached you know a nice tambram wedding is bloody dancing to ho gayi itne level le ho gaye and it has kind of permeated but this part none of your punjabi pop none of your hindi bollywood i find that fascinating and i wonder why they they love their rock though you're right i mean if you remember um, when we were there for the hornbill festival they it's also really well known for that competition that they have the music festival and then the last night we went there and we went backstage where all the bands and all were performing it was all some some very talented uh, hard rock and heavy metal musicians and bands coming out of nagaland yeah and even rock and roll from rocky's time i mean they are really well versed in that also uncle aapke zamane ka bhi kafi wahan jhanda upar hai but uske bare mein bataiye rock and roll music rock and roll music from 2004 that is so cool <laughs> but did you well, did like to end up eating dog right i mean just... we've jumped several subjects so i don't know which one to start with first uh, should we go with the naga bazaar or should we go with the western influence on the music whatever you feel like meat? I What think I think let's like? let's get the western influence out of the way then we'll go into naga bazaar because then it's very difficult to come out of there <laughs> I think uh, nagamese is the language that the naga sort of speak to each other in otherwise each tribe had its own different language which they wouldn't understand each other and the only unifying factor for all of them was the christian missionaries who sort of went into nagaland and uh, encouraged people to follow the christian faith now you can't you know if you know even one naga person you know you can't push them around and that's you got to love that about them a true warrior people the men the women they have a mind of their own and they know what they want and they go out there and they get it so i think the christian missionaries influence and the uh, sort of widespread use of english as a unifying language led this whole music revolution for english and the nagas have always been a very musical people they've loved music i mean it flows in their blood so that sort of gets down so you know i remember once we got invited to uh, to a minister's home in the evening for a barbecue and we went down there and the average age must have been 60 plus but they were all strumming the guitars playing their drums singing there was mouth organs i mean it was fantastic to see it was like a little band that was going and people were just having a great time while cooking and playing their own music so music is just everywhere yeah. they love it yeah and so are chilies but we'll come to chilies later when we went okay let's enter nagaland let's get that manipuri hotel out of the way then we'll go to the naga bazaar which is the yeah. most exotic piece yeah 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 so rocky yeah. uh, mayuru tell us we just is at the border of nagaland and the, the photographs of that border which we will send you as part of the newsletter you can subscribe to the newsletter by clicking on the link which is below this podcast whatever podcast platform you listen to us on there's a link you click on the link it'll open out a form 
and you can fill out your details. You'll get the newsletter which has visual references, photographs from our trips to Nagaland, which have been several. And you can also write to us at homp2020 at gmail.com. That is homp2020 at gmail.com with your stories, with your food experiences, and we'll also add you to the newsletter team. Ha, Rocky. So, Mayur, so just as we entered, there was this very remarkable, excitable man. Yeah. I, uh, also, it, it's like when you enter Nagaland, I remember the, the beautiful, the wooden sculpture. It's like a giant wooden doorway almost which is uh, above the highway, beautifully carved uh, to resemble their traditional homes, the Morungs. And then we entered and a little further in, there was a whole row of Manipuri rice hotels we, and we put, it, we should have known. And there was, what's the name of the guy there? Anand, was it? I don't remember his name. He was, he was a young, Mani, young Manipuri chap, completely nuts. First, he didn't want to serve us food. <laughs> then when we went in the back and they had this really basic kitchen set up with that, with uh, just an earthen oven. And then he was opening different things and showing and saying, what is this? this chicken water. And Rocky was like, ah, chicken soup. And then he had chicken legs and then he was cooking a whole bunch of um, And he uh, was a one-man show with one khalasi with him. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. he also had uh, a wife, Mrs. Anand there, who was the only one who encouraged him to uh, give us food by beating him around his head. Because <laughs> yeah. he refused to serve us. And she, I was like, how many customers have you had today? And he was like, one. And we were like 10 of us who wanted to eat. And he was like, no food. It's closed now. It's 2 o'clock. And then Mrs. Anand came out and, of course, beat him around and dragged him all over the place. Which is when he realized that business needs to make money and serve people. So he started cooking again. He was not happy. He was not happy with all of us. Yeah. No. <laughs> he, he appeared drunk to me. It was very. Murgi ka pani, I remember. Point. He said, Murgi ka pani, Murgi ka pani pio. Or no, he, he, he calmed down by the end of it. He was laughing. Yeah. He but he made us sing on... songs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yes. He but, was making the most of a bad situation. But uh, I think we should leave the food for Manipur for when we go into Manipur because yeah. there's scarce little that we know of Manipuri food. But yeah, let's just say the food was exciting. It was Manipuri. It was a lot of fun. But Mr. Anand took the cake as far as that shoot was concerned. He was also teaching us how to pronounce everything correctly in Manipuri accents, which we were quite bad at. And short of uh, beating us like Mrs. Anand was beating him, he did everything else to encourage us. <laughs> <laughs> then we went to a bunch of towns, which I'm sure Mayur will remember. The Hathi ka appetite and the Hathi ki memory will tell us the names. But the Naga Bazaar was in Kohima, if I'm not wrong. Oh, the Naga uh, Bazaar was in Kohima. It, so it, it was. Those are the most dramatic photographs from all our trips there. And of course, our last and final trip where that huge bowl of cooked pupa and caterpillars was like gross. I, I don't even know how right. Rocky ate that. But Rocky, did you? We finally did order a dog at one point, right? Or we didn't? I don't recall because you refused to eat dog or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I um, I didn't refuse to eat it. I just didn't want to eat it because uh, uh, you know it's it sort of. But you have really, a dog at home. <laughs> doesn't really appeal to me. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I did take a bite at a restaurant, and uh, it was a little tough, and it was a little gamey, and it was really nothing to write home about. So, in the spirit of giving everything a chance, you know. I will. Uh, I did take a bite of the dog, and it wasn't good. But you know, when you when they butcher it and they keep it outside and they keep whole parts of it outside, that's that's sort of difficult for me to look at because you know I'm a dog person. I, I'm sure if I kept chickens at home and I loved them, I probably wouldn't eat too much chicken either. After I all, I, I have that. a family. I, I think you're giving yourself way more sentimental credit. <laughs> I no, I have a family, and I don't eat humans at all ever. <laughs> <laughs> so. Last time, everybody in the family checked. All the digits were there. There was no problem. But listen, I remember we, we, we remarked on this that night, the first night. We got in at night 
through all that those little narrow lanes and we found this hotel that we were staying at and all of us remarked about the fact that when we were driving up there there was absolutely no bird song and it was the first place we visited on highway on my plate or any of the places we stayed where there is at night no sounds of street dogs barking or anything man it's like <laughs> the dogs also knew they like we bark we'll be on the menu keep quiet stay hidden yeah i remember remarking on that in spite of such lush green cover there was no bird song but it's a it's a beautiful place i will say it's stunning spectacular in visual but by from the first time went there to the last time we went there from the first time went there there weren't any big hotels in fact we ate at the restaurant of this really cool trendy guy with boots and that specs he was supposed to be one of the cool dudes of kohima and to the last time went there was like two big hotels where one we ate at Correct. but even though there was that kind of development at least the last time i went there's still nobody there it seems like you know maybe we're just too used to the crowds of delhi or kerala or wherever we go rajasthan jaipur jodhpur there it's like nothing yeah there's like this big hotel with like us in the lobby and nobody else oh it's it's brilliant you know i think this is something that we discussed there on more than one occasion is how there is absolutely no class and no caste and no differentiation in society so right. when you're driving and you stop somewhere at a restaurant to eat everybody is just you know the driver or the your guide who are who would sort of in in the in most of india there would be two very different classes of people we'd all just come and sit down on the table and you'd all enjoy a meal together which is how it should be i mean we are probably an exception because we have always done that we have always sat uh, together as a group as a 10 man group and we've eaten our food which includes mayur saab and nikku saab and the drivers and everybody else and But, in fact uh, even in the evening in the rooms we used to drink all together <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but but in nagaland yeah so that was really refreshing and uh, you know the forest you're absolutely right because such thick lush forest you'd expect thousands and hundreds of thousands of animals to be there i mean there are still legends of how there are tigers in the hills of nagaland still and how there are leopard everywhere and lots of animals but you know every time you sort of come near an area you just hear it everything go quiet including the insects you know you just imagine their eyes widening and saying oh the nagas are here keep quiet <laughs> and everything becomes silent kal raat rocky saab aaye the jungle mein khoob sari bhayanak cheekhein fir sannata but we went to this place called the naga bazaar in kohima it was i remember it was a lovely day with crisp sunlight and i sat next to this this shop which had cages which i thought were hamsters but i don't know i've been told there something <laughs> some large ro- yeah. it was a furry rodent and uh, it's like the azadpur mandi in delhi except that you know there's a tin shed it's not as big it's maybe 1/5 the size of that tin shed but there are lots of shops there many of sell leafy vegetables but next to like something like beans in a katori there will be caterpillars in a katori like next to each other and those caterpillars keep trying to escape and the shopkeeper keep putting those caterpillars back in which apparently are good for arthritis then there'll be frogs which are there in these big kya kehte hain white jisme daru rakhte hain chill chill karne ke liye wo paper type na no? what is the material called a thermocol box correct with frogs they'll you want frogs they'll fill one polythene with frogs which are live trying to get out ah the little baby frogs yeah 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 it was and of course what they say is one of the most healthiest thing they get these wasp uh, hives and um, hornet grubs niku hornet those were hornets it was a hornet uh, there were hornet grubs yeah so what all did we try there boys so what that was- the naga bazaar is primarily what you'd call a wet market now this is of course in the days of corona wet markets have become very popular but <laughs> but the naga bazaar still continues and it is it is a wet market albeit it's one of the cleanest wet markets i'll find because they don't do stacking of animals so everything is lying separately and they wash and clean very regularly 
but you have people who have gone out into the forest and you know harvested and gathered whatever they could find so i remember while walking up to the naga bazaar and we were walking because it's one of the high points of the city it's right on the ridge of a of a hill and everything else is below that so while we were walking up the first indication i had that we had got to naga bazaar was a woman selling large snails i don't know if you remember this guys yes. that was the first one we saw yeah she had about 200 uh, snails in a big uh, in a big box and she was selling them and they were crawling all over the place and people were buying them because apparently they're a delicacy and everything has medicinal value there you know there's nothing without medicinal value bio did you cure any of your ills because you have many I, there, there was a corkscrew worm that goes into your head and clears out your brain <laughs> which you and nikku i saw buying quietly on the side kale beta khali jitna khana khale bahut hai yahan pe bahut hai पूरी जिंदगी लगे रहेगा तभी तक पेट नहीं भरेगा तेरा खा रॉकी राइटिंगल Yeah but there were there was there was also very precious items over there I mean I remember this shop that was serving, that was selling only dried eels small eels that had been completely dried and coiled yeah. around like snakes and uh, it must have been worth a fortune because I asked yeah. her for like one yeah so I said how much is this for there were three eels sort of co-joined together and dried and she said they were for 500 rupees now either because she saw my face and she realized I'm probably royal chef from somewhere Oh, she realized this guy's a real idiot. Let's just raise the price on him. <laughs> <laughs> But it was expensive. I mean, it wasn't cheap. Right. And yeah, there were, there were some of the the hornet grubs were very expensive. Yes, they were very good for children, right? Correct, correct. But they also had those. Do you remember those really yes. large, two foot long, thick eels that were like swimming backwards in the water? Kuchia, yes. they called them. Those were not that expensive. And pork, of course, is is pork is everywhere. Super popular, super cheap. In fact, I remember when you guys were all in the market, I had wandered off, and there was this little street there. and this truck pulled up and they unloaded about 15 very very large hogs and pigs they'd already cleaned out from the inside and i remember the guy was just picking them up and then like literally draping them on his shoulder and because it was cut so he was almost wearing it like a coat and then he'd stagger up and then he'd put it in and then he'd go out again so like he did this 15 times wearing a piggy coat to transport it Wow, getting piggy hugs—that's quite something. Yeah, that's quite something. Yeah, you know those hornet uh, hornets are really good for children. If you let one off on a child, the child will run and run and get so much exercise until it. <laughs> so, one way or the other, everything over there is very good for you. But yeah, hornet grubs—I don't know what they're called in Nagaland, but I think they're called borol in borol, uh, borol, borol. Yeah, borol is a—you uh, know—it's a delicacy and uh, apparently it's very delicious. And you can see that the only problem is. when you sell hornet grubs then hornets come and try and take them back to the nest and they are filled with hornets and these are large ones not the super giant hornets you guess and get in eastern asia but big enough uh, you know much bigger than the ones we get in uh, in delhi and areas like that but uh, anything else that was fascinating i i found the frogs to be fascinating i mean there were there was a tub you know like a big thermocol box that must have been filled with water and maybe 5000 frogs and for 20 rupees you would get a mug full of frogs and when i say mug full i literally mean like a big mug filled with water and frogs and put into a plastic bag and you must there must have been like 30 40 frogs in that packet yeah and, in fact and, we have very nice photographs if you subscribe to the newsletter you'll see what it looks like yeah and and when i bought that i, I remember i said so how do you cook these and the woman said 
uh, if you want to, and, and everybody speaks English, almost everybody speaks English, which is very nice. And she said, if you want to cook them, then you put them cold water, put it on gas, because from cold to hot, they not jump out. If you put it in hot water, they jump out. If you put frogs into cold water and slowly boil the water, they get comfortable and they get boiled. They don't even realize when they're cooked. But if you put them in hot water, they'll jump out. So as they say, as the wise men say, slowly, slowly, catchy monkey, catchy monkey. slowly, slowly, cookie froggy. <laughs> and so, so Article 370 was uh, abrogated, but Amitra quickly clarified that Article 371 will not be because that gives special privileges to many states in the Northeast. So because he was, because they will obviously rebel, but... Uh, can he suck the frog ka example later? The slowly, slowly <laughs> next article coming up. Dire, dire. But it's the only place where I saw Rocky chasing his food. So the final time we went there, and Rocky, please tell us how that tasted because it smelled awful. Just for the record, I don't know, Mayur did eat there. Very brave of him. I didn't even eat at that hotel. It was a really fancy hotel, and they laid out a meal that was really plush. And we ate at the regular dhaba types also. But the final time when they waited, and there was this big bowl of fancy, you know, pupas and caterpillars and other of something else and one of crickets and you could see the cricket or whatever it was. And Rocky had a bite. I could not eat at that in that place. Uh, I went, I said, we'll, I'll drive and we'll eat somewhere on the highway. I picked up fruit and my faithful Britannia, which is so good for my health, uh, cakes. <laughs> yes. but, but when before that, when you're shooting in the kitchen, one frog hopped out and it was hopping all over. I remember Rocky and Mayur chasing it. <laughs> my lunch, my lunch. Oh, that was a very, very uh, exotic meal. In fact, I think that was owned by that, that I think it was called the Grand Imperial and stuff. And they really laid it out for us. Uh, if you remember, at the end of that cooking sequence, when we finally about were about to eat, Rocky had about seven or eight dishes on his table. I had seven or eight dishes on my table. I had three different types of uh, rice. They had the, the green, very special green rice, uh, which was called uh, rollo or something. They had red rice. They had Rocky had two different types of worms. He had the frogs. He had fermented crab paste. I mean, I'll let, and let him tell you. And, and I had that dish, which was basically, um, it was fermented greens with akuni and yam and all mixed in there. It was, that was a huge spread they put out for us. It was visually really colorful and spectacular. And I, those bugs are so colorful. I don't know how the hell Rocky put it into his mouth. There was this fleshy, fat grub. It wasn't like a little sink grub. It was like <laughs> a fat finger. It was like the size of a fat finger. But as opposed to tasty looking grubs, they were not tasty looking grubs. <laughs> so the tasty looking ones are nice. Well, <laughs> no. Rocky, one of them you liked, that longu, which was the, the reddish ones, which turned a little yellow, the thin ones. They had a slightly funny smell. But when you had those, those you liked. It was the other ones, the no, kelu, uh, that you struggled with. No, no, the kelu was the ones I liked. Uh, the kelu was normal. I mean, those are silkworm uh, larvae, as best as I can tell. They're silkworms. And they're quite delicious and very popular and very numerous. So they're everywhere. But this particular one that I that we were talking about was very, very difficult. A, you know, the silkworm are about half a finger length and they're nice and plump and yellowy and orangey. And when you cook them, you just sort of, they just dry up and crunch and they taste a little bit like corn or straw, uh, you know, uh, unbelievably, but they're not bad to eat. I've eaten them on five or six occasions now and I sort of look forward to eating them. They're quite a nice taste. But the ones that we are talking about are the big white ones. I mean, they're like a finger and a half in length and they're about as thick as two fingers. And Mayur, I think, described them best as he said, outside is like the prawn shell, which no matter how much you chew, it doesn't break down. And inside it's custard. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> inside custard, that's right. I remember him describing it. It's like custard inside. 
Yeah, and we had a really brave uh, crew that always sort of got on my case and said, ah, if you can eat it, we can eat it too. We are better than you and we can eat more. And that was the time when we separated the men from the boys. <laughs> so the whole crew, the big three sort of, there were, you know, there are three guys who, you, who would get on my case every time. And we offered it to them and all three took a bite and I'm glad to say one threw up and the other two immediately spat out the worms because they just couldn't digest it. And then I, of course, said, listen, if, if anyone can eat these, I'll eat one because I don't know if they're meant to be eaten. And the Naga sort of came up with a story. The Naga locals in the restaurant told me a story that these are only meant for royalty. When you cut down a tree, at the base of that tree are these white worms. And they can only be eaten by royalty. I don't know if I'm royalty, so I wasn't going to eat it because of that. I said, listen, you guys, if one of you takes a bite, I'll take a bite. And then finally, after about 10 minutes of arguing, one guy came and he ate, took one bite of one worm. And then quickly went out and looked like he was throwing up all over the place. So I, of course, picked up one big fat worm and put it in my mouth and chewed it. And the horrible part is that you can keep chewing it, but it doesn't dissolve. I mean, it just breaks into these pieces of plastic that don't dissolve. It's like big chunks of metal plastic that doesn't break. I remember the smell just sitting next to him and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and no, those, those, they call them carpenter worms and they call them kelu. Earlier, we thought there was some other name for kelu. But then when you clarified with the, with the chef and the, the lady who they called her up and they checked, and she said that the white ones that you were eating, those were, those were called kelu. Now we shall go from this place in the Naga Bazaar to one of my favorite experiences, well, two in Nagaland. One was this, where the band was playing and they had really good confectionery. In all of Northeast, they have really good confectionery. They have these places that have pastries, patties and croissant type things. I love those meals because I remember we used to do, go there early in the evening and because of where they are on the longitude, it gets dark really quickly. It's like dark by four. So they should actually have a different time zone. So it's, it's lovely, these little cafes which have this kind of stuff. But the one place that I really liked was uh, this really cool guy I'm talking about. I'm sure Rocky and Muir will remember his name. He had a restaurant. He was a musician. He was one of the main dudes of Kohima. And his restaurant had the Naga chili pickle. He had other pickles with these little, little full chilies. Then he had another pickle with medium-sized chilies. And I loved, I mean, I just, he made something very basic. And I just had that with the chilies there. I loved that meal and the confectionaries of, of many towns in Nagaland are just really, really good. His name was Theja Meru. And that place was called the Dream Cafe. It was on a hill. We, we drove all the way up. And then there's a, there's a guitar there in his cafe. Yes. And you can, uh, if, you, if you want, you can pick it up and... Apparently, if, if, if you're good enough, then other people will join in because they love their music. Well, I remember we tried, we tried the Naga King Chili, the Raja Mircha pickle there. Yes. I remember because I, I loaded up about four or five bottles of pickle and got them to Delhi and they kept me going for many lunches for the next few months. When right. my bland food used to be served to me, I said, don't worry, serve me all the bland food you want. I have got Heja Meru's pickles with me. Naga pickle. <laughs> but, uh, the, the, they have amazing pastries and all. Rocky, did you try that? There were two or three places we went to. Yeah, no, the Dream Cafe is a beautiful place. One, because it sort of faces the Kohima War Cemetery. You know, it's just opposite the, the very, very famous Kohima War Cemetery where in World War II, the Nagas held off, uh, uh, you know, th there, was a big, there was a big battle there. But, uh, and I'm not going to get into the details of it. But if you look to the other side, there is a beautiful view of the valley below and you can see all of it. So the cafe is really good. It's in a sort of a small mall sort of space where there are many shops. But uh, Teja Meru's cafe, it's called the Dream Cafe, is really nice. And it's a sort of center of the music action. So every evening you'll have musicians coming and playing there. So they don't really focus on a strict menu. And I think I remember you ate, the, you just ate the noodles, uh, Niku. You ate like 
maka noodles and some fried rice which you were very yes. happy with and with. Pepe. yeah yeah that's right that's right, yes, right. <laughs> but uh, you know it's it's uh, it's excellent but they they serve up some really good uh, you know pork dishes you can have some momos there as well i mean we had some momos they make a great cup of coffee and it's it's one of those places where you know people would hang out like 10 or 12 years ago nagas had started going all over the country and working in different metros and and making some money you know money was never a big deal in the naga uh, hills because people lived uh, a very different life it's only now when people have started working in big metros and setting up businesses all over the place and even in nagaland and around the northeast and in the rest of india they have now started taking back a lot of money into their into their cities and so kohima is now getting more and more modernized and that's why teja mehru's dream cafe was one of the first ones of its kind to open up but now there are many apparently that do great coffee you can have you know good bars nice food good restaurants good views it's it's really changed the kohima over the last few years which uh, place was it uh, mayur where we stayed where it was a really nice quaint little hotel which must have been a big house at one point like an l shaped room it was a very narrow room with a single bed which is where i was which overlooked this valley and had this veranda you know old yeah, type I, then yeah. i remember the manager there was sitting with me at the corridor overlooking the town in the evening and there was you know lights and it was beautiful the weather there is great and i was talking to him about the feeling of alienation that many people and this is also true for arunachal mm. you know they they do it's it's not like the kashmir angle that there is a hostility to india uh, among many youths but there was an indifference that i mean india didn't ever do anything for us and it just left us to not keep pace with the kind of infrastructure development that the rest of india got so there is a certain feeling of we don't really care about the administration this guy made the most startling thing he said yeah in my tribe if there's a disagreement we'll go and kill that guy that tribe will come and kill two of us and neither tribe will file a police complaint they said we'll resolve it at the tribal level we don't want the indian government getting involved and i was like dude like that's kind of bizarre i wonder if it's still like that but i mean he said this is true for many parts not just of nagaland but many other tribal areas of the northeast that a problem we'll resolve at our tribal level even if that requires violence we will not even go to the administration and he said there may be people who actually work with the administration but even they will come and participate in this form of justice or resolution well yeah i mean you know getting justice out of the indian system is quite difficult i remember my you know poor mother who was you know a poor widow living on her own had to fight a court case for 12 years to get her house back there was only source of income and uh, the system just didn't do anything for her so you know it it had to be done differently but um, the point <laughs> is that nobody ever gets uh, justice in time enough so where do you go if you want justice here not to the indian system I, i have no idea where you'll get it otherwise but so that is one and then secondly i mean who has the system done well by in india you know i was talking to a friend the other day who was saying you know we are we are a minority we don't get enough appreciation from the system we are in danger so like so who hasn't had a problem in india with with the problems i mean it's not that if you're a majority you don't have problems the majority in fact has the biggest problems the largest number of issues and fights and problems and uh, unsolved matters lie with majorities and then they move on to everybody else so it doesn't matter which religion you are or which class you are or which caste you are sooner or later the government has ignored you and left you alone and not given you anything and that's the case all over the all over the country so the nagas of course are no exception they are also part of the have got nothing and nothing's been done for us by the government and hopefully that will change uh, you know but it's just and but but the, and the tribal identity is a very important primary identity they have the primary identity is not a class caste religious identity the primary identity is the tribal identity and that is why there is this 
we will take care of it at a tribe level. Yeah, I mean, you live there, you know, you, you live in that environment. Your only strength is your tribe. Where else are you going to go to find strength? It's not that, you know, India is a country that provides immaculate law and great policing and there are no problems. Nothing illegal ever happens over here. But if you if something goes wrong with you and some your your sort of injustice is carried out against you, where do you go for justice? And that's the tribal uh, the tribal identity is the only one that at least has people standing by you. You know, and and in no way am I encouraging this kind of behavior. You know, I, I wish everybody followed the law and everybody you know followed the constitution of the country, and then we would be a much better and easier country to live in. But yeah, I mean, everybody feels wrong by the government. You know, if, even even Niku and his clan in Tamil Nadu feel very wrong by the government. And, you yeah. know, the, the whole Hindi thing is a problem. The whole Brahmin identity thing is a problem. And the whole North Indian thing is a problem. So everybody in India has got problems with everybody else except me. I have no problems with anyone. And if I have any problems with anyone, just come up to me next time and say, I'll give you one tight one. And then everything will be okay. <laughs> so, Mayo, what was the vegetarian experience on Nagaland like? And since you are a music lover of the rock and roll variety, did you enjoy the Hornbill Festival? Because that is considered the biggest festival that the musical festival now they have lots of new ones have come up but it is one of the most well known and respected festival for the sake of music correct uh, my my fondest memory of of uh, the approach of the people of nagaland to vegetables comes from we went to this uh, place called the aradura uh, spur cafe remember it was it was on this little hill and really nice the aradura in the first time we went it was a young girl who was the owner and, and uh, this was when we did the Homp fans. So our fans had invited us and we went there. It was this beautiful place, a very nice sense of history. This was again, there was this Aradura Spur was where the Brits fought some battle and, she, and, and, and Rocky asked him, what are, you, what are you making? And she was rattling off these things and I said like, listen, don't, don't the people of Nagaland like vegetables? They said, we love vegetables. They're really good for adding color to all the important meat dishes. <laughs> and then they all had a laugh and then the second thing I remember is uh, those two fans of ours I don't remember the names but they were telling uh, so Rocky was asking them like what is very very popular and all they said that in Nagaland we love pork a lot and especially around Christmas time we eat a lot of pork and they said in fact that is so well known that when pigs in Nagaland hear Christmas carols they start crying <laughs> because they know they're going to be on the menu soon <laughs> so Aradura Spur Cafe was called yeah and the music, the music scene, because I know up. Shilong, yeah. we'll get to Shilong when you get to Meghalaya. That also has an amazing music scene. Yeah. But Nagaland also has a phenomenal music scene. What was Fantastic. that? Fantastic. And, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and listen, while we're on the Aradura Inn, there's a place called, uh, you know, right next to it is attached the Aradura Inn, which is a really clean place. So if you guys are looking for a nice place to stay in, where you'll get some decent food, albeit, uh, you know, very spicy and very Naga, uh, then you should go there. And I, I remember the names of the boys who had come to join us over there. There was uh, uh, Ashimo and uh, Langsho. And they mm. were the ones who were sort of making all those pork jokes along the with pork us. Jokes. So we were feeling quite happy. <laughs> and then we went for that, uh, the final of the festival. You know, they take their music festival. If I remember correctly, the, the prize for the winning band was 4 lakh rupees. Yeah. A lot of money today, even yeah. more back then. Yeah. And we saw more people in that stadium than we saw ever on the streets of uh, Kohima or Dimapur at any given time, man. That, you remember that stadium was packed? And yeah, we... man. It, there were more people there than for the string Correct. that I went to a decade ago. Here in Delhi. <laughs> and, and super talented. I mean, even when, when we were growing up, very often our friends from the Northeast were the ones that, that were like the really good musicians, even in Delhi right. University, if you remember. They yeah. love their music. They, they have it in their blood and their soul. I wonder if it's their diet and everything they eat because they also have a super healthy diet. Just by virtue of the fact that they're uh, 
they live in a place where even now I'm, I don't know how much electricity reaches and also all the smoking, the pickling, the fermentation that they do, which now in the 21st century, every nutritionist anywhere in the world is saying that this is the best thing for your gut flora and fauna is to have fermented food and pickled food. Here, it's been a very natural part of the diet. I mean, they're using bamboo to stuff fish in and, and, and uh, cook it in, next to ashes. They're pickling stuff. They're smoking everything. They're pork. They're, the fermented paste, the akhuni. So I, I wonder if that has anything to do uh, with the fact that they just... Also, I'm sure it's strong. genetic. Just, so it's such an outdoorsy life. And like, right. like Rocky said, the, you know, the, the history, in fact, of, of their wars. Uh, I had later done a documentary on the headhunters. Correct. I think about six or ten of them alive who would yeah. actually get back heads as trophies. Correct. And did an interview with some of them. I mean, they're, oh, did you, they're beautiful tattoos, no? They're yes, beautiful correct. all over. The blue tattoos yeah. they have. And, and you can see it in their eyes. They're like... In fact, that documentary is there on News Laundry. I'll, I'll put a link on it oh, in the, in the newsletter. But uh, before we come to the other food and any other experience, Rocky and Muir, you will share with us. I have a couple of emails. So this one says, Hey guys, wanting to write... For some time now, I've been watching the show since it began and don't think I missed any episode of Home. The food and travel urge in me was so much amplified by your show. I've watched many others with perhaps better production value and stuff. But you guys, jo maza aap mein hai, wo aata hai, wo kahan. Thank you. Really, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Just like Ma ke haath ka khana, it is flavored with madness of Rocky and Muran feels very organic. Eagerly waiting for you guys to hit the road and tempt us to do the same. Whenever that might be possible. Cheers. Post-stripped Abhinandan, I really like you showing... Oh, no. Okay, now he's talking about someone I interviewed and he's saying I should do mean things to that person. Okay. No, bro. <laughs> we keep it simple and, and, and non-aggressive. Non, uh, but yeah, some people... Are yeah, yeah. Like, Abhinandan, you tell him because as we all know, facts are not facts. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, brother. Thanks for writing in. You're right. Once we get hit the road again, we are still... Um, figuring out the mechanics of that. But we do want to break that drive in cities and towns with this community of hompers that we will create by the end of this show and by the end of the lockdown. So we can get together actually and have a meal like every six days where we make a stop. So we'll figure something out like that. So yes, we shall hang and exchange stories. More time be time And the reason why, I, I think one of the reasons why people really enjoy the show is because, you know, it doesn't really delve into the problems of the world, half of which are made up or in fact, almost all are made up. There are very few problems that we have and, and they're all resolvable easily. But the reason why I think people like that show is because it's just sort of two guys traveling, having fun, you know, talking to people respectfully, hearing what they have to say, passing on their message eating some food, you know, just hanging out with a bunch of guys and having fun. And that's it. And that's all the format of the show is. And I think a very important component of, you know, Haven I Played, you know, some of the other shows we had were had very strict. We had storyboarded what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. We had planned everything. You know, in Haven I Played, we followed a very human curiosity. Like if we saw something while driving, we said, oh, what's Then he'd go and say, cameras Yeah, this is quite interesting. Then we... In Orissa, I remember when we were driving and these bunch of kids were jumping in and jumping out and we said, what are you jumping in? They said, nothing, we're just jumping and jumping out because it's not. <laughs> oh, from the bridge into the water. <laughs> the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we just followed human curiosity because the highway is full. In fact, I'm not sure which state it was. We will send you that in the photographs. We were driving and there was this wall with this... The Bakasura head or the... Or Bakasura what? head with these horns. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> then we stopped there and we did a sequence. So, we followed human curiosity and the two most special things, I think, are human curiosity 
and common sense. And both of these are things that we tend to forget in the heavily rehearsed, rehashed and contrived worlds and lives that we have started leading. And HOMP was basically, the ingredients were human curiosity and what's the second thing I said? Common sense. Common sense. Common sense. <laughs> Don't worry not about a sense it. of memory. <laughs> Short-term memory is clearly not important. You know, we, I've spoken to a lot of people and, and a lot of young people who are sort of making it big in Bollywood and television. And a lot of them turn to me and say, you know, that show changed the way Indian television is viewed and, and shot. And it, it, you know, before that, it was all very sort of staccato. It was very rehearsed. It was very, hum aap se ye kehna chahte hai. you know, that kind of television. But you guys just sort of changed the dynamic on its head. But, uh, you know, while I'm happy if that happened and, you know, if, if that's how people look at it, I'm very happy they look at it like that. But we weren't really trying to do anything, you know. We're just sort of some guys out on the road having some fun and sharing it with all of you. And I think that's, uh, you know, the rest is just how beautiful India is and how much variety there is out there. So it was quite easy for us. Amazing. Uh, by the way, I was watching, we'll talk about this when we get to Himachal episode. It was coming on telly the other day. My nephew's become, he sat in on one of these recordings. He had no idea of the show. He said, sounds like so much fun. Does it still come on TV? I said, it may check. So they were running the uh, hills. Yeah. And at one, at the Sharma Dapa, Rocky said, and while we're eating this, we get to eat the leftovers. It's the crew that eats first. Look at them. These fat, unhealthy people who are looking at my food hungrily. And the camera just turns to the crew who's shooting and, you know, everyone looking at each other. <laughs> you know, there was no that you can't show the camera when you can't show the sound recordings. Very <laughs> you know? often. So that was fun. So uh, one more quick mail, boys, uh, and then I'll come back to you and tell me your stories and then we can wind up because we are recording this one in the afternoon and both the gentlemen have commitments to the family. They're teaching their children, believe it or not. God bless them. My, my commitment is lunch, okay. <laughs> which will happen soon. That's my primary commitment. <laughs> Aditya says, hey guys, fellow Homper, thanks for this podcast. It has been really amazing so far and I look forward to every episode and it's quickly becoming my favorite podcast. Second, only to Awful and Awesome. Oh, Rajshree said, we'll get her also. We'll do a joint podcast once. I'm waiting for episodes which will cover Kanpur and Gujarat. Well, Kanpur is done. No, Kanpur is, that's the one that's going to come next. Today, Kashmir dropped. Uh, Kanpur will come next. And then Gujarat is a spectacular episode, of course. I'm a samosa connoisseur. Okay. And I'd like to know which is the best samosa you guys have had in your journeys all over the country. For me, it's Fappu Samosewala in Kanpur, followed by a shop that leads to the Marine Drive Railway Station in Bombay. And I also like the tiny aloo mutter samosa made by the Jalebiwala and Dariba in Old Delhi. Mm. I even started an online petition several years ago for McDonald's to introduce a Mac samosa, but I only got 32 petitioners supporting me. <laughs> Lol, sad fly, sad life. I don't know, this is some millennial okay. thing I don't get. Anyway, thank you guys for this amazing podcast. Do let me know when I can subscribe to your newsletter. Well, you can click on the link. Wherever you listen to this podcast, there'll be a link below. You can subscribe by clicking on that link or writing to us at homp2020 at gmail.com. Boys, samosa. Yeah, I think the best one that I ever had was uh, at the Army Golf Club with Dolokwa in Delhi. They used to make an unbelievable keema samosa with a very, very soft crust. Now, if you want to have really good samosas, you'll have to go to UP. UP is the home of the keema samosa. Madhya Pradesh, Uttar Pradesh, these are uh, the places where you get the most incredible keema samosas. And of course, if you're going to go vegetarian, then Bihar has some, has some great samosas, as does UP. But uh, I'm not the right guy to talk about that. Mayur, where's the good samosa? Yeah, I, I agree with this guy. Actually, surprisingly, the, the place in Dariba Kalan he's talking about, I suspect he's talking about the old and famous Jalebi Wala because he's, he does, he's basically known for his Jalebi with Rabri. But he yeah. also does these really nice mutter samosas. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. It's yeah. just that everybody goes there and, and you don't. So, But 
remember eating there two or three times. I love his samosas. And actually, round the corner from where Rocky and I used to live, Rocky, you remember the old uh, Mithas? He used to have really good, uh, he used to have very good rasmalai and he used to have really good samosas at one time. Of course, that's that place is shut now. So yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But there, I mean, there are some weird ones like uh, like the noodle samosa we ate uh, mm. in uh, at uh, Preeti uh, Zinta's college, uh, just outside her college canteen. Outside Saint Bede Simla, there's a lucky ka dhaba yeah. that serves yeah, noodle samosa, which was horrible. <laughs> <It's> horrible. <laughs> uh, the best samosa I've had, both veg and the keema samosa, is at Nanny's in Dehradun. Uh, this I'm talking about the late 80s, early 90s. There was a confectionery called Nanny's that used to make samosas in the evening. And both the veg samosa and the keema samosa is the best I've ever had. So yeah, that's my answer. And finally, Prabjot says, I, he says he bought the Amazon ebook on Amazon for part one. But uh, the second part is not available on Amazon. So please make it available. So before Rocky and me will promise you that, what we are saying is, once this community is big enough, there will be the book of mother of all books, the part three. But until then, Rocky Muir, can you please make book two available online? Yeah, we'll we'll try our best. Yeah. Book two is available in print right now. I think that's why they haven't put it on uh, ebooks. Book one sold out. I think it was the twentieth, twenty-first print. And uh, as always, because we make a lot, we we don't make too much noise, and we don't sort of know the who's who, and we don't have contacts in the right places, and hobnob and rub shoulders with the big people in media and press and Bollywood, etc. There's not really too much of a fuss about what we do. We just do it quietly. We're like the assassins of television. Nobody knows where we came from. Nobody knows where we go. They just know that we created one hell of a mess while we were there. (laughs) (laughs) Kung Fu pandas. (laughs) We are the Kung Fu. We are the Kung Fu pandus. (laughs) The Kung Fu pandus. And everybody knows us because we are like 007 panda. We eat shoots and leaves. So guys, give me one more good story from Nagaland before we say goodbye to our wonderful viewers, listeners, or whatever you want to call them. Come on, Mayur, one good story from Nagaland. I mean, there are so many in Nagaland. Yeah. My God, there are there are many. I mean, we haven't even talked about trying the Raja Mech channel, but I, I remember this really cute one. We, uh, we were there, and I think this is when we were there for uh, Hornbill episode. In fact, we haven't, we've hardly talked about our experiences at the Hornbill. We should talk about that. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. We were going to this place called Chingsong, uh, which was at the crossroads. And uh, this guy did Naga gentleman, he wanted to promote tribal food. And and Rocky said, come on, I'm going to take you to a place where you'll get really nice vegetables. And we went there and it was at this central circle. And it had a really attractive Naga lady who was the traffic cop. She was in the center and she was blowing a whistle and directing traffic. And Rocky refused to move. He's like, it's been a long time since a really pretty girl. And she's wearing a uniform. She's whistling at me. I said, no, she's not whistling at you. She's whistling because there's traffic. She said, no, 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 she's looking at me. She's listening. I said, yes, she's whistling at you because you're standing in the middle of the road and you're going to get run down. <laughs> oh, and he yeah, kept cutting to shots of her and she was like smiling away and she kept blowing her whistle. Yeah, she was stunning, man. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's, it's it's always very nice when, when girls whistle at you. Even if they don't, you can just claim it. I mean, what's, what's the harm? Yeah. Your happiness lies inside you, remember, not with external factors. <laughs> yeah. But listen, after that, I think uh, Rocky should take us to... Um, the Hornbill Festival. I mean, we have some fantastic stories from from there. We should spend at yeah, least but, ten minutes. But even that, uh, even that restaurant was quite incredible. I remember yeah. there was an armadillo hide on the outside. As soon as you went in, Correct. there was a big armadillo hide there, and then mm. there were a couple of pangolin hides as you climbed up the stairs. Yeah. So yeah, you have to remember. You know, like the commandos, like the Indian Army commandos, the Nagas have lived off the land forever, and living off the land—that's what it means. So whether you have to eat insects or snakes or eels or frogs or whatever else you can find, 
you eat that and the commandos know how to do it and you know that sort of becomes easy and more acceptable when i put it like that but i'll say this i tried to eat grasshoppers in nagaland that's where i first ate them and i quite enjoyed them and i was at a picnic with my wife in uttarakhand lying in a beautiful meadow and we were sitting down and you know she was reading and i was lying right next to her and reading my book and a grasshopper jumped on my chest so i just whacked it pulled off the wings and the legs and the head and then ate the body and she was like did you just eat a grasshopper and i was like yeah and she said that's disgusting and i was like no it's quite nice it tastes like fresh grass and corn you know try one then <laughs> so yeah my eating habits have changed all thanks to to nagaland and uh, in fact we have a friend uh, who has a beautiful uh, naga restaurant in delhi it's called the zuku the naga the tribal kitchen and zuku is uh, uh, it's it's just next to fab india in nevasant kunj so you should get down there if you want to really try some naga cuisine it's absolutely fantastic but yeah i mean you know nagaland is the is is sort of the land of festivals as you drive in the gate that mayur was talking about says welcome to nagaland the land of festivals and the biggest one now because of government sort of encouragement is the hornbill i mean it is the biggest festival right niku it is yes absolutely by far yeah we did an interview with the gentleman uh, at that time who was the head of tourism and his explanation was that because we have so many tribes and because we are the land of festivals every month there's a festival here and he said what we did was we we thought of this idea said if we do the hornbill festival then uh, it gives in one place and at one specific time of the year it gives an opportunity for visitors from india and all over the world to come and experience the culture of nagaland or all all in one shot and he said that was the whole idea uh, behind it in the beginning i think there was like a thousand or people that went but every year it's been growing in in popularity it's a fantastic place to go on to see all the tribes that come there for their dances for their culture for their food for their thing and uh, do you remember meeting the konyaks rocky and all the stuff you got up to with them yeah that's uh, that's a really fun tribe here yeah. the konyaks are the guys who you know so so the hornbill festival is laid out like the map of nagaland and each tribe has a has their center at the point where they would naturally be on the map of nagaland so it's very interesting to see you know as you walk through you can get an idea of the layout of nagaland and which tribe lives where so the konyaks are right up on top you know the furthest away and they sort of make these muzzle loaders these guns and they're incredible because i was sitting with them and i said so what do you use when you want to shoot a bird and they pulled out these syringes hypodermic needles and they were like we put four of these and let blast and one of them knocks the bird down and i was like and if you have a bigger animal that you want to shoot and they pulled out pieces of metal i mean mm. square pieces rectangular pieces round pieces it's incredible they just put anything down the barrel of that gun pack it with powder and they let go and they are <laughs> great hunters i mean it's it's fabulous and i remember beating the drum with them and getting into the who is the greatest warrior contest you guys remember that yeah they had they had that first they had that one thing and this is all part of their this is all part of their uh, of some of the events i mean they have events where they the young men and women from each tribe dress up and they do all these traditional dances and remember in nagaland they have dances for everything for change of season for wedding for going to war for celebrating the harvest so they had that but then they also have these competitions to see who's a who's a cooler warrior and the one that we were going was one was the one where they were picking out boiled eggs boiling hot eggs from that boiling hot water and they were peeling them and eating them and then after that they got like really this because rocky said i want to compete and stuff they thought it was funny they had those pieces of wood that they were like putting in the fire and then they were bringing it out and they were rubbing it on their hands and they're like here you go and of course rocky the mad surdy is like fine you think you're naga warriors i will show you what a mad surdy can do so instead of rubbing it he took a bite out of it <laughs> 
नहीं ये ये गलत गलत चीज है है मुंह में पान वाली नहीं है। इसको ऐसे well you know i like my hair on my arms as it is took me a long while to grow it so i just took a big bite off the burning stick and chewed it and swallowed it and they just looked at me like i was mad because they were like what are you doing why are you doing that <laughs> i have a lot of respect from the tribals in uh, at least among the cognac tribe now by god he was like all this rubbing and all is just for pay baby if you really want to get down to it you got to eat it <laughs> but speaking of speaking of hair on the arms that's one thing you guys may have noticed No person at a tandoor ever has hair on his arms, and very few on his face as well. So make a note of that. So uh, on that note, we shall say goodbye on this episode. We shall be back next episode. We will let's go take a dive into the south to my home state, my motherland of Tamil Nadu. Mind it, mind it. I come. My mother comes from Virnal village of Tirunal Valley in Tamil Nadu. and uh, it was lovely going then i remember when we went there you'll get the whole story but it is very famous for one halwa and we finally found it in tirunel valley ka famous halwa correct before we go and give you the food court i would like to remind you once again be a part of this community of people who will get together using hyvna podcast when if you said don't call us hompers but let's see what name we can come up with <laughs> become a part of this community when we are a few thousand big and this horrible horrible time curse of corona is behind us and we can all get out there we shall make a trip all along india again and hopefully meet some of you as we do that and we shall make that show all together so let's hope we can do that because until we can do that and we can hit the highway we will bring the highway to you on that note guys let's get the food cooked yes okay who wants to go first i'll go first if you like okay, okay. go an unforgettable land with drives along ridges and stunning valleys makes you wish you were in the car with your lover and not kung fu pandus like these <laughs> <laughs> silkworms kelu snails and tripe the food of nagaland is delicious even though it almost always smells overripe and suspicious <laughs> <laughs> whether you're eating crickets worms dog meat or anything else in you can be assured it will never be bland because they put a lot of deadly chilies and they bake really deadly food in nagaland <laughs> so and with that terrible poetry we will catch you again pretty soon in 3 days and remember guys take it easy don't get too serious about life this is a fun podcast just to sort of relive the memories and have a few laughs at ourselves and other people and uh, that's uh, what we do best and join in and have a few laughs or sulk and don't it's up to you <laughs> <laughs> and whatever city or town you're in Make sure no one starves and if you can help it help any local organization in your city that is helping feed the migrant laborers the standard for those who have no other source of food we are working on a report on news laundry on all the work many organizations are doing and soon that report will be up so we will keep adding to cities where there are organizations that are working to feed people so in the spirit that we would like to do this podcast in and we believe we should share what we can do get involved with those organizations and see if you can sponsor any meals for them 
hopefully that that piece should be out by the end of this week and we will keep adding different cities and towns as we get to know the organizations that are helping feed the hungry thank you all thank you gentlemen you can go back to your duties for the day goodbye see you boys catch you soon bye bye all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry help us keep news independent Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.